Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm CNN correspondent Kristen Holmes in for our political director, David Chalian. And this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, April 8th. A sign of the times. High-profile people in President Joe Biden's bubble are catching COVID, but the White House says he's just living his life like the rest of us. So what's transpired in D.C. lately shows the dilemma that Americans face lately. Are we really ready to return to normal, or should we continue to stay on guard to mitigate the spread of coronavirus? Tons of events took place in Washington, D.C. this week, and powerful people in Washington have now announced that they've contracted the virus. Today, President Biden, lawmakers, cabinet members, Supreme Court justices, and more gathered on the South Lawn of the White House to celebrate Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson's confirmation to the bench. And there was a crowded indoor event at the White House Wednesday where President Biden signed a bill that would modernize the U.S. Postal Service. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was in attendance and in close proximity to the president. And Thursday, she tested positive for the virus. There was also the confirmation of Ketanji Brown Jackson on Capitol Hill Thursday. And on Saturday, there was an elite event held in D.C. called the Gridiron Dinner. As of Thursday evening, there were some 37 positive COVID cases that had been reported following that dinner. Now, all of the people were vaccinated, but negative COVID tests were not required to enter. So some of those people who attended and announced that they were then positive include Attorney General Merrick Garland, the Communications Director for Vice President Kamala Harris, Democratic Representative Adam Schiff, Republican Senator Susan Collins, even President Biden's sister. And the list goes on and on. Like I said, 37 positive cases. Now, the president and the vice president have tested negative so far for COVID-19. But Vice President Harris is under fire for seemingly disregarding the CDC guidance for those who are exposed to COVID-19. On Thursday, when she presided over the confirmation vote for incoming Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Harris was seen maskless. Imagine the fallout if that were to happen, I don't know, say, even at the beginning of the year? Now, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield told CNN today that it was possible that Biden would eventually contract COVID-19, but she did add that the White House continues to take precautions. The president is certainly living his life, just as, as you say, all Americans across the country are, while taking precautions. Here was White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki today. But like anyone else, uh, the president may at some point uh, test positive for COVID. What is important for the American people to know is that he has taken a range of precautions, as we all have. His doctors uh, are comfortable uh, that he could continue to carry out his duties uh, because of all these steps and precautions and protections he's taken. Uh, and, And we certainly, that's one of the reasons we encourage the rest of the American public to do the same. But let's remember this. President Biden is 79 years old. He's at increased risk for a more severe case of the virus because of his age. So the risk of Biden contracting the virus, combined with notable figures testing positive left and right, has led to increased scrutiny on the administration's protocols. Bettingfield maintains the White House goes beyond the CDC guidelines to insulate Biden from potential infection, testing individuals close to him and implementing physical distancing when possible. And yet, as we saw this week, even with those limitations in place, there is still a huge risk. So Americans may feel like they're done with COVID, and case numbers may be low in Washington and around the country, but Dr. Anthony Fauci warns the virus is not done with us. Here's what he said speaking to Bloomberg TV this week. It is likely that we will see 
a surge in the fall. These are uncharted waters for us with this virus. If one talks about flu or other infections in which you have decades and decades of experience, you can predict with some degree of accuracy what you might see. I would think that we should expect that we are going to see some increase in cases as you get to the colder weather in the fall. This kind of feels like the place we were in around this time last year, where the weather was getting warmer, people were taking off their masks, and Biden was prematurely declaring independence from the virus. And then, boom. Delta hit, followed by Omicron, and all of that devastation that followed. Now, a lot, of course, has changed since then with vaccines and boosters and tests more widely available. But it turns out the accessibility of those things could change soon, too. The White House has sounded alarm bells for weeks, saying that funding for the federal pandemic response is running out. But Congress left town today for a two-week Easter recess without passing a massive COVID-19 relief package. This was supposed to be one of President Biden's big tasks for Congress this spring. And this is the second time a possible COVID relief package has been scuttled in just over a month. You'll remember back in March, a $15.6 billion package that just fell apart. And no new funding for the federal pandemic response could have dire consequences for Americans. Here's the White House COVID-19 coordinator, Jeff Zients, speaking at a briefing. The country urgently needs additional funding from Congress to continue our fight against COVID. The administration requested emergency funds to ensure our medical tools like vaccines, treatments, and tests remain readily available to the American people. So we urge Congress to move promptly on the $10 billion emergency funding package developed in the Senate. This latest COVID relief package might still pull through after the recess, but it still hinges a lot on other factors, including a vote on whether to restore Title 42, the pandemic border rule. If we've hopefully learned anything from the pandemic, it's that we have to learn to live with the virus. Cases rise and fall and masks come on and off, but we can't have our guards down too much because too much is at stake. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening and please take a moment to be sure and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio, Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Mohammed Darwish is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Anna Sterla. 